everyone. Welcome to the Arsenal way. Yes, we have another episode of Talking Transfers. And of course, Arsenal about to announce Fabio Fiera from FC Porto, a surprising transfer. So it's only right I've got the co-creator of Breaking the Line, Zach Lowry, just to dissect how Fabio Fiera would be for Arsenal and if he will, be, if, if, in the end, if he will succeed at the club. But we shall see. Zach, firstly, how are you, mate? I'm doing very well. Great to be on. Uh, yeah, excited to be talking about this transfer. Uh, yeah, really excited for this. Of course, and just let's just get start from the from where Arsenal's initial links. Were you surprised that Arsenal were were linked to him? Uh, yeah, I think that definitely. I, I think that pretty much every everybody, uh, whether you're you know a a neutral who just enjoys Portuguese football like myself, or if you're a Porto fan, you know, you, I definitely think you would you were surprised by it because. Uh, one, there weren't any like prior links to it. Um, two, you know, there there were actually a lot of links uh, prior to to the the Fabio deal. A lot of links uh, with regards to Vitinha, who was been his midfield partner for Porto and Portugal. So I think a lot of people basically expected Vitinha to get a big move. Obviously, I think that other other players as well. Um, you know, people expected the thing with the thing that uh, I think catches most people by surprise with the Fabio Vieira deal is that, you know, when you look at, like, these other uh, sales from the Portuguese league to the Primera, you know, whether it's Ruben Diaz, um, Luis Diaz, uh, Bruno Fernandes, uh, you know, all of these players, one, they are indisputable, they are indisputable, uh, undisputable starters for their club team. And, you know, they've kind of reached the point where, shall we say, they're, they've, they're, they've become too good for the Portuguese league. And also they've reached the senior team. And Fabio has done none of those. But with that being said, uh, the talent has been clear for me uh, since, since before he even debuted for the first team. Um, he's a fantastic talent. So I do think that Arsenal, uh, are they, they realize that, uh, he may be 35 million euros this year, but if he has the phenomenal season, which I think he was he was set to have uh, perhaps his real confirmation year in 2022-23, I think that his price tag would have been 50 million or even higher than that. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting to say least. You said you mentioned names like Luis Diaz, of course, Ruben Diaz. Yep. Do you think the move was premature then, or do you think he's ready to, to come to the Premier League and, and um, make a statement straight away? No, I don't think it was premature at all. I think that Fabio, the thing about Fabio is he's he has always been uh, like a few steps ahead of anybody on the pitch technically, uh, as well as in terms of just intelligence, his ability to you know kind of read uh, the the movement of his fellow attacking teammate and and unlock these defenses. And I think that's a combination that really bodes well to any team. Uh, yes, he does need to improve in certain aspects, but I think that, um, you know, people, well, first of all, I mean, just because he wasn't one of the first names on the team sheet uh, for Porto, like, let's say, Vitinha was, uh, that doesn't mean that he wasn't incredibly valuable to Porto's domestic double. Um, you know, he, he has shown that he doesn't need a lot of minutes also to make an impact, whether it's, you know, providing an assist or or unlocking a defense with a brilliant pass. I think that's something that a lot of 
young talents, shall we say, they struggle with, right? They have a lot of technical brilliance, but uh, perhaps their goal contributions aren't that high. And Fabio, we've seen that, you know, he is in the top nine players in Europe's top six leagues when it comes to making an assist. And he's the only player, uh, I believe he has 14 assists, if I'm not mistaken, but he's the only player of, of that entire list who is not, you know, who hasn't been a, a guaranteed starter. And honestly, I think that's more due to uh, Sergio Conceição and, you know, the way he likes his team to operate. And honestly, I mean, if you were to ask me or any Porto fan, um, you know, before the season, oh, well, Fabio Vieira, he's going to get this amount, this amount of minutes um, under Conceição. I think a lot of people would have been surprised. I, I think that, you know, he's, he wasn't always a player who was, shall we say, married to Conceição's ideal style. Um, so the fact is, it was a strong season. I think that he was incredibly important for Porto, really not missing a beat at all at the, in the uh, domestic competitions after they sold their best player in the in midway through the season. So, you know, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I do think that, yes, you know, he isn't, shall we say, he hasn't reached the same point that Luis Diaz was, where really he was, you know, too good for the league. But let's also not forget that Luis Diaz this time last year was was in the same boat as Fabio Vieira. You know, he um, he was not a guaranteed starter for Conceição. It really wasn't until the uh, after his phenomenal Copa America for Colombia, where he became that uh, guaranteed starter in, shall we say, September uh, um, 2021. So, you know, you don't need to start every game to, to showcase your talent or to showcase your uh, productivity. And I definitely think that, you know, that's one thing about Fabio is that he's always, uh, you know, shown his, his glimpses this season, shown, shown that quality. Um, and he's been, he's been a very important player behind their uh, double, as I've said. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Fethinho. They mentioned him uh, quite a lot since the start of the show. And of course, Arsenal have Martin Erdegaard in their ranks. So would there be a similar dynamic with Fethinho and, and Fabio Fierro with uh, Martin Erdegaard and, and Fabio Fierro? I think so, because, you know, they are similar players. They're both, you know, they are both left-footed players. They like to receive in the right half spaces and drive forward. But with that being said, I think that they're different at the same time. Fabio you know, obviously they're both natural tens, but Fabio can also you can also drop deeper and I think receive. Uh, but but he's also a player who I think, perhaps unlike Odegaard, he's he's just uh, phenomenally gifted at I think unlocking a defense with that uh, inch perfect through ball, you know, or a cross. He's really got a perfect vision for that, and that really helps when you're going up against deep blocks. Um, so I think that there's an argument to be made that perhaps Odegaard and Fabio, they're different kinds of tens. You know, maybe Odegaard, he might be a little bit more uh, in unlocking teams in a different sort of way. But but Fabio, I think, is, I for, for me, he's just got that extra edge um, on Odegaard when it comes to that, you know, inch-perfect precision uh, in, his, in his passing and his vision. So... Uh, I think there's possibly a chance that they could coexist. That is one of my biggest doubts, though, on this uh, deal, is how how Mikel Arteta fits uh, him and Fabio into the same team. But he's also played um, on on the flanks. He's, he's 
operated a lot, actually, uh, as a left-sided winger. He's operated a lot as a second striker. So that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't recognize about Fabio is his versatility. You know, he's a very uh, intelligent, technically gifted player, and these uh, these uh, abilities serve him well, whether he's playing, you know, with his back to goal, whether he's dropping deep, whether he's playing, you know, on the flank and trying to whip across in. You know, he's a very uh, versatile and tactically sound player. Absolutely. And just, you mentioned... Um... Uh, Fiera possibly playing on the wing on the left-hand side. I believe that's a position yep. Arteta is also looking to strengthen in the summer. But when he has played on the wing, how is he? Is he less effective than when he plays as number 10 or does he excel just as much as he does in the middle of the pitch? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I think that, look, it's clear that he is not a winger um, because he just doesn't have that, I think, that uh, burst from... Um, from, from standing starts, he doesn't have that raw pace. But I would say he's done, I, I'm not 100% sure like what, um, you know, if, if I can say that he's been 100% uh, better on, on the left wing or the second striker. But what I will say is that he's, he's done very well almost playing as a, um, as a second striker alongside Evan Nielsen at many times, the Brazilian striker. And he's even... Um, at you know several points during the season, he's benched Medi Taremi, who was uh, the the club's best player last season and was absolutely important. And I think that in many ways he kind of took over Taremi's uh, responsibilities. Obviously, Taremi ended up getting his uh, starting spot back, and you know get and and they sort of were able to coexist. But I think in a similar fashion to Taremi, like almost playing as a half nine, half ten you know, capable of, of making those runs in behind, showcasing a new side of Fabio Vieira, but at the same time also, you know, linking up very well with teammates and kind of uh, allowing Porto to retain possession very well in the final third. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because Arsenal have also been linked to Gabriel Jesus and I think a lot of fans and Arsenal, the club itself, expect him to come through the door. So let's say Arteta opts for a 4-2-3-1 formation and has, and has Fabio Fiera as a second striker behind Jesus. Do you think that's a, a duo that could work together? I'm not too sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on Jesus as the main striker just because Arsenal have already um, renewed Eddie Nketiah. And for me, when you've already gotten Getsy, it pays to, you know, go for somebody who's a bit more physical, who can perhaps, like, use his back to goal and hold up play. Um, yes, you know, more and more teams, we are seeing, like, using a false nine. But I, I definitely don't think Jesus uh, would be that kind of player. But, you know, with that being said, Manchester City did very well with a lot of, you know, physically... Uh, not not necessarily physically uh, empower, uh, you know, powerful players, but you know, having a shorter striker like Sergio Aguero and and other uh, smaller players, they made it work. So I think that perhaps is what Mikel Arteta is going for. And and yeah, I think that I could potentially imagine that I could I could see, you know, Vieira playing off Jesus and trying to forge a chemistry between those two. I think that. Could potentially be an option. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Two players who who have definitely shown that they uh, they they can be very efficient when they play. 
Absolutely. That will be interesting to see. But so let's talk about Arsenal in, in the big games because we've gone Arsenal have gone to places like Anfield this season and have got humiliated. Of course, lost to Old Trafford, I think, of Newcastle towards the end of last season. And the biggest issue was there was a lack of presence in midfield. Now, of course, if Fabio Fierro was to take Martin Erdegaard's place, let's just say, he'll have more of a, a defensive responsibility. Do you think Fabio Fierro would be a useful player in big games when Arsenal go to Old Trafford, they go to Anfield or, or St. James Park, for example? Look, I mean, it's. I wouldn't say that it's the strong suit of his game defending, but with that being said, you know, I, I was asked this um, when I came on a podcast on fr- on Thursday about him, but I mean, Fabio Vieira, the fact is he's not going to be starting. He's not going to be playing, you know, as much as he did for Porto without, I think, that defensive awareness. Um, I remember saying, like, I think go around November or December, like, when is... When is Fabio Vieira going to get the same starting opportunities that other academy products like Bitinha are getting? And then other Porto fans respond, well, he just needs to do the same things like in terms of intensity and, you know, off the ball work rate. I think that's something that we're seeing a bit from him. Uh, you know, obviously he is he's not going to be your ultimate, you know, defensive minded um, player. I think that's... In, in Porto's season, the one true player in midfield who really focuses on defending would be, you know, Mateo Soribe. He is sort of the midfield enforcer. And then when he got injured in the final month of the season, it was Marco Grujic. Um, so you don't really associate the other players, Otavio, uh, Vitinha, or Fabio Vieira, with defending. But with that being said, um, the reason Porto's defense was so good this season, the reason they were so effective is because everybody you know works hard and defends as a unit i think we saw that with with fabio to to a definitely to to a a strong degree you know he's he's a player who put in a shift you know who's going to work hard um and and do what his his coach requires of him to you know i think that starts with overall just you know good mentality and resilience um i think that's something that we've definitely seen more of he's definitely answered the call and, um, you know, tried to focus on improving those aspects of his game. Still a work in progress, sure. But uh, like I said, I, I don't think that he plays anywhere near as much as he did. I, I don't think that uh, Sergio Conceição would try to accommodate any player. Because no matter how talented you are, he's always uh, set that bar that you need to play a part in your team's defending. Of course. And you mentioned mentality right there. I think for Arteta... A big thing for him is mentality and still in a culture he, he touches on so so often. He says a culture is important, a good morale in the dressing room. And you mentioned Fabio Ferreira not playing as much as maybe he would have liked to, but he's still performing when he gets that chance. Is that a biggest sign that maybe he will come to the Arsenal dressing room and succeed? Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's definitely a sign. I mean, Fabio, uh, like, like I said, this is a player who has not needed like a million opportunities to make an impact. Um, this is also a player who has also worn the captain's armband uh, for for Portugal's youth teams in, in recent in recent fixtures, um, and also a player who's done very well, who's, who's shown that he can be an effective presence in big games, albeit uh, at youth level. Um, you know, you saw him playing a massive role in their in Porto's uh, victorious UEFA Youth League in 2019. He was playing a big role. In uh, Porto, in Portugal's run to the 
uh, U19 Euros in 2019. And then he um, also played a big role in, in Portugal's run to the U21 Euros final. So these are all matches that I think require you to be calm under pressure and have, you know, and, and, and you know, be willing to, uh, to, to make sacrifices for your team. So, so definitely I think that it's no secret that, you know, Fabio is not just coming to be Martin Odegaard's backup. He's going to either come to, you know, compete and, and you know, give a real push for that starting spot and maybe, you know, even cause Odegaard to improve his levels. Or I think that he's going to, I think that he, he's definitely going to, shall we say, uh, you know, find a way to coexist with Odegaard or even bench him. You know, he, this is a player who I think if he wasn't starting for Arsenal in two years from now, I think he'd probably leave because he has high expectations for himself. Unless, unless of course, he was, you know, playing a valuable role off the bench. Um, but, you know, this is a player who I think is one of the most uh, most effective uh, young talents in, in Europe for a reason. So I, I have high expectations for him. Yeah, I'm sure that Arsenal fans have high expectations too. And you mentioned briefly the, the Portugal and the, and the youth set where he was captain in the side. But of course, we know the World Cup is around the corner. Is there a chance if, let's say, Fiera stamps his marker in Arteta's side very soon, is there a chance of him making the World Cup squad? And what would you say his ceiling is for the Portuguese national team? Do you think he can be one of their most important players? I know they've got a host of talents coming through with Rafael Liao, of course, Shao Felix, etc. Et so do you think that Fabio Fiera can stamp his marker in that team also? I mean, I think that unless Fabio has, like, a opening few months for Arsenal where he's, like, generally one of the best uh, players on his team. I think it's it's very hard for him. I mean, the fact is he's not made his debut for the Salisal yet. And he's also competing with a lot of these, uh, you know, shall we say, uh, diminutive uh, midfielders, uh, right? Whether it's Bernardo Silva, uh, Bruno Fernandes, uh, Vitinha, João Moutinho, you know. So I, I think that it will probably be a little too early. But the fact is, I definitely think he could play a massive role in the next few years for Portugal. I mean, this is a player who I think is uniquely gifted, um, who who's incredibly creative and talented. Yeah, I, I don't see why he couldn't be, shall we say, you know, taking um, someone like Bruno Fernandes' spot. You know, I think that he's a, he's, he's that talented of a player. Uh, obviously, he still needs to get his debut for the Portugal senior team. And he needs to actually show that he belongs to be there. But, um, yeah, I, I do not expect him to be on the uh, roster for Qatar. But you never know in football. Absolutely. You never know indeed. A final question, Zach. I'm going to put you on the yep. spot here. Fabio Fiera to Arsenal. Success or a failure? <laughs> I think it'll be a success. I think that, you know, I think there are many reasons why I'd consider it a success. One, um... In my opinion, you're paying below the market rate. Fabio's, Mar- Fabio's release clause was 50 million euros. Arsenal are getting him for 35 plus 5 million, which is still, okay, a decent amount. But, I mean, for a player who is as effective as he is at such a young age, I think that's a good deal. Second of all, he's a player who's shown that he can, you know, thrive in multiple positions, who can thrive in the biggest moments. A player who's willing to improve and, I think has, has always had a good head on his shoulders. 
Um, so for me, it represents kind of what Mikel Arteta is trying to do in building out this young core um, and, and trying to give opportunities to these players. So I really like it. I think that it's going to be an intri in, intriguing move to see if he can, you know, win a starting spot and, and you know, find a way to make an impact in the Premier League. But the fact is, you know, this is a player who I've been, I've been following for quite a while, a player who I think is incredibly talented. And, um, and yeah, I, I think that he will end up being, being a success. He just has that drive in him uh, as well as that talent. You know, he's, he's a player who I think will definitely, uh, will definitely add something special to Arsenal's attack. Absolutely. Let's hope you're right. It's like we are going to end the show there. So, Zach, thank you very much for your insight on February Fiera. Do you want to just give everyone a plug for where they can find you and see more of your content? Yeah, so you can find me on Z-A-C-H-L-O-W-Y on Twitter, as well as my uh, website, BreakingLines.com. Uh, that's BTL Vid on Twitter. We actually just released an article on Fabio Vieira on BTL Vid, so uh, definitely worth checking that out. Absolutely. Thank you, Zach, for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for watching the show. Make sure you give the video a like and you subscribe. And most importantly, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah.